You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now so what is happening y'all i hope everybody has been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far goodness um today marks the first day of march and i honestly can't even comprehend how the month of february just went by felt like it just started uh oh my goodness what's going on sometimes i just feel like the the concept of time it just doesn't mean anything and anyways (laughs) so you know let's put that existential rant aside but uh you know with march starting you already know uh, there's so many cool stuff and stock for us in the world of mixed martial arts that we're going to be talking about in so much detail, so much juicy detail today on the show. So this is officially fight week for UFC 285. Oh my goodness, we have been looking forward to this UFC for the longest time and it's finally upon us. And not only that... The headline, man, the headline, goodness, we are going to be having a heavyweight championship fight between the one and only, the legend, John Jones, who has moved up to the heavyweight division to fight for the championship belt for his first fight. So I actually have some very hot takes on that. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned. Um Interesting, interesting stuff happening, in my opinion, anyways. But what makes it really interesting here is that John Jones is going to be getting the best guy in the heavyweight division right now, arguably, in my opinion, um, Sorrell Gunn. Well, you know, especially since the moment that the former champion, Francis Ngannou, left the heavyweight division, in my opinion, that automatically made Sorrell Gunn the best heavyweight in the current uh, roster at the UFC. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but as you could have kind of, you know, suspected, I do find this matchup very interesting. Uh, But, you know, interesting, not an... Well, I guess you could argue, yes, I do find it interesting, like, ooh, I want to see what's going to happen kind of thing. And, like, you're curious to see the outcome of this particular fight. But interesting as in, what on earth... This makes no sense to me, especially for some of the things that I kind of uh, harped on very briefly regarding John Jones. You know, the first fight that he has in this new weight division, automatically he gets the champ. He he um, uh, becomes the championship belt challenger, and he doesn't have a warm up fight or anything. They put him up directly against Sorrell Gahan, the guy who's been in this position before as he challenged Francis Ngannou previously for his heavyweight championship belt. So, as you can tell, we have a lot of drama coming up your way, a lot of heavyweight tea coming your way, and oh my goodness, I didn't know, I was not expecting myself to get this height, but girl, you already know, mm -mm, uh, we are uh, 
in for this episode to deliver you honestly the 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 most raw opinions that a host can have regarding a fighter or an athlete who's regarded by so many as the greatest of all time and you know what just me saying this and mind you i'm not trying to copy anybody or anything okay as a matter of fact if you listen to different mma podcasts they will all argue as to why they love this matchup for john jones or why this is going to be so cool and interesting well everybody this is the day this is the day that i get to play devil's advocate but I'll give you all my reasons. And you know what? At the end of it, I'll let you decide who you're going to side with in the in this regard regarding this fight that John Jones is going to be having against Terrell Gone. So <laughs> like I was saying, I find this fight interesting because, yes, I do find it interesting. Like I want to see what the outcome is going to be like. But also I find it interesting because, in my opinion, it just doesn't make sense. It's... There's a lot of questions surrounding it. So that's why it's interesting in that other sense. All right. So um, hopefully that was enough to hook you in because you already know we are going to be uh, having that stuff coming up in a hot minute. But before, you know, um, before we get into that, I just want to briefly talk about the events that happened over this past weekend for the matter of celebrity boxing, uh, which was the fight that was very much anticipated between uh, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. This was the fight that was rescheduled so many times, but it finally took place in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And it was a, it was a very interesting fight. So <sighs> drama again, drama surrounding this fight. The most recent case of drama surrounding this fight was literally, I think it was the day of or the night before the fight. And in this case, on social media, we had Mr. Mike Perry, who we all are familiar with from the world of MMA. He crossed over to bare knuckle fighting and then now boxing and he has beef with uh, Jake Paul. He was supposedly set to uh, step in if Tommy Fury was a no show. Well, that didn't happen. Here we are with Mike Perry on social media. Mike Perry shared a photo of what seemed to be a script for this fight. So what am I talking about? It, it, it literally said, okay, round one, Tommy's going to do this. Round three, Jake's going to like knock him down. You know, I'm paraphrasing obviously, but it was giving uh, almost like a play-by-play -play of how the fight were to take place, even though the fight had obviously not yet taken place. And it was so interesting because at the end of the, the page, it was also written, oh, you know, like in the post fight interview, Jake is supposed to like call out this person, which was so, you know, it's just nuts to me. It makes no sense. I mean, it's, it's so scary to believe because if you believe that, then honestly, wouldn't you really like cast your doubt upon other combat sports? Because it's it's so easy to do according to what Mike Perry was sharing on Instagram, you know? So that was interesting. I had never seen anything like that. Um, now, later it did come out. Okay, no, no, no. Actually, I'm, I'm going to tell you this after. But later there was some uh, more information that was revealed on this, uh, you know, fake fight uh, script that Mike Perry shared. Anyway, so, you know, 
that sort of thing being exposed in social media, people reading it, people are already having their own doubts about, oh my goodness, should I bet on this fight? Should I not? Should I even give it a watch? Because freaking Jake Paul, uh, you know, he he is calling this guy out like mad and uh, he's claiming that he's going to beat him very bad. And then Tommy Fury, you know, he he's had his own excuses in the past and, you know, he was a no show. Now he's back. Is it really going to be a good fight? Is it really going to even happen? What's going to happen? You know, all that stuff. So the fight, when it finally happened, it was very interesting. And in this case, interesting in the sense of, oh, my goodness, I was not expecting what I saw. Um, In the sense that uh, I actually saw arguably the best version of Tommy Fury that I had ever seen. Kudos to him. Um. Which makes me wonder, okay, the times that he was a no-show to the press conferences and stuff, was he really training? I think he probably was. And uh, I feel like social media and uh, sports outlets were giving him heat because, you know, once you build a reputation for yourself, good or bad, it just kind of sticks with you. And because he was a no-show to those other times that the fight was scheduled, everybody was just like, oh, here we go again, you know, that kind of thing. But honestly, from the performance that I saw on Sunday... Uh, it looked like he had been putting in a lot of work into his craft. So that was good for Tommy Fury. But what we saw from Jake Paul's corner, uh, it was uh, not his best performance. And my question, I, I just want to put this out there to you, dear listeners out there, because, you know, I can give you all my take. But I I trust that most of you out there listening to TKO, you're also big combat sports fans and everybody's take is very valid. So um, I do want to postulate two things to you guys for you to wonder and kind of like make your own conclusions. So do you think uh, that Jake Paul, you know, him not performing as well as he thought he he was going to, was it because he underestimated Tommy Fury or was it because that um, he just hadn't been oh, actually three things I'm going to postulate to. So number one, uh, yeah, was it because he had underestimated Tommy? Number two, was he just slacking um, in the gym like he wasn't really putting in enough effort into his training or three? Thus far, um, all the opponents that we had seen Jake Paul fight against, were were they actually good? You know what I mean? So let's talk about some of the previous uh, people that he's fought. Ben Askren, former MMA fighter, never boxed before. Um, uh, Tyrone Woodley, again, former UFC champion, never boxed before. (laughs) Okay. Okay. now, again, I'm not trying to say this to undermine his athletic abilities or anything of that regard. I'm just, again, postulating this for you guys to utilize some critical thinking and say, okay, you know what? You know, what was it? Like, is it, is it that Jake is usually just good and he had a bad night? Or is it that this whole time that we're seeing Jake Paul, we're just seeing him against people who are never the best in the first place so when we see him fight against them it's like you know goodness oh my goodness like he's so good but in reality is he really good because he's fighting off against 
And pardon this analogy that I'm going to use, but it is actually a term that is commonly coined in um, like combat sports to call someone a tomato can, aka someone or an opponent who isn't the best, like they're not very well known, uh, they don't have a good record, they're easy to beat kind of tomato cans, right? So is it, is it that he was just fighting off against tomato cans thus far, that he slacked in training, or that he had just mentally underestimated Tommy Fury? Could be all the above. I'll, I'll give you my take. And then, you know what? I'm very curious to get your guys' points. So please uh, comment on our post or DM us on social media at TKO underscore podcast what you think. In my opinion, uh, I think it was probably a combination of the three. Um. With the emphasis being on the third point that I told you about the, you know, him not having fought enough good, good and legit fighters before for him to prepare himself against a legitimate boxer, though mediocre. And I have to I'm sorry to put it out there. OK, I'm not trying to give hate to either of these guys. I'm just laying the facts out for you guys so that you can, you know, critically think about these fights and make those judgments for yourselves. Okay, so uh, that fight happened. Um, again, performance wasn't as good by Jake Paul. Tommy Fury actually rose to the occasion, and interestingly enough, um, one of the th- one of the shots that uh, Jake Paul threw towards Tommy Fury, it was able to wobble him and even knock him down. Although I would argue that um, it wasn't enough for him to be knocked out from it. Um, but it w- it was enough to, you know, throw him off his balance. But to me, it wasn't anything crazy because a lot of people who were in favor of Jake Paul winning this fight through decision, they argued that those knockdowns uh, were actually more significant than what they looked, which, yes, I mean, it's important for you to knock down your, your opponent in boxing, but... At the same time, you know, it is what it is. It's also very much dependent on the strength and ability of your opponent to recover after the fact and how well they're able to, you know, get back on their feet and uh, just keep on coming forward with uh, optimal performance in a fight. So, um, you know, it is what it is. It's just the game. It is the boxing game. And on Sunday night, we had Tommy Fury rise to the occasion and defeat Jake Paul for what it was, I think, his first ever professional loss in boxing. Interestingly enough, though, uh, he, <laughs> Jake Paul, he had a very classy attitude towards his uh, loss and he took it really well. I was personally expecting him to be more of a trash talker, not really agree with the with the results and the decisions made and all that. But no, he was very classy. And um, Tommy Fury was, he, he looked like he had beaten the champion of the world. He was very happy, elated. Um, it, it was just really interesting to watch. I, again, I feel like nobody really expected that fight to go the way that it did. Um, and I say this specifically because prior to this, even prior to this fight happening, a lot of people were kind of scheming in a way, if that is the right word, to match up Jake Paul against other, uh, you know, quote unquote celebrity boxers or people from other professional combat sports who want to cross over to boxing and fight Jake Paul. 
one of those big names was that of Nate Diaz from MMA. We all know, you know, Stockton, California, 209. You already know. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, a lot of people were talking about the potential for Jake Paul to fight off against Nate Diaz in a boxing fight next. But in my opinion, it was that was mainly conditional upon Jake Paul winning this fight against Tommy Fury. Because... In, in the case of Jake Paul, every opponent that he has been fighting, they've been gradually getting better and better and better. It's almost like a video game for him. Like you you finish level one, you get on to the next round, you fight a harder opponent. You know, it's kind of like that. So this fight against Nate Diaz, it, it was conditional upon him going through Tommy Fury, which unfortunately was not the case. So... Is it really going to happen? What's next for Jake Paul? That is the million dollar question in my opinion. I mean, not to say that he's going to be suffering financial wise because he's, you know, the YouTube mogul and he, he's got more money than me. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, but anyways, uh, I feel like, you know, he, he might have to take some time off from boxing, just kind of reevaluate his options, reevaluate if he wants to truly pursue professional boxing as a legit career or what is it that he really wants to do? Um, he has some time though to figure that out or if he just wants to quit it or if he wants to somehow still sanction that Nate Diaz fight against himself so that he kind of like doesn't really make a big deal of this loss that he had against Fury and kind of makes people forget about that loss with this new hype that's going to be generated from this Nate Diaz fight. So, you know, these are all the things that we should be thinking about and some of the things that Jake Paul should be thinking about. Other, you know, just want to say, though, despite all the things that I mentioned about both fighters, kudos to both of them. Um, doesn't matter if you're a celebrity boxer or if you're a regular boxer, I guess, if that's the term. You still box each other and it's legitimate rules, uh, legitimate injuries and exhaustions and hard work and training that goes into it against celebrity or not. So I do give big props to both guys for all the effort that they had put into preparing for this fight and uh, very looking forward to both of their, um, you know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the next chapter is for them. And what the future holds for them. For them. So yeah. Shout out to them. Uh, but now. Oh my goodness. Oh I wish. Okay. So I really wish. I had a soundboard here in my home studio. For uh, sound bites. To just like play sound bites. And I feel like right now. It was very proper. For a Bruce Buffer introduction. To be just like pop out out of the blue. But you know what? I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Actually, I was thinking of potentially doing my show again at the CFRU studios. I miss it there so much. Um, and I haven't actually recorded there in a hot minute since the pandemic hit. Um, but yeah, no, I really do miss it there. I'm actually contemplating moving my whole set over to the CFRU studios back again. Uh, I don't know. You guys will figure out for yourselves in upcoming episodes. I'm not going to give too much away. Anyways, wow, what a tangent. Anyways, going back to all the exciting UFC 285 fight card. Goodness, John Jones fighting off against Sorelka. 
So I told you guys, I have some hot takes on this fight. I'll tell you this. John Jones, okay, so I'll actually give you a brief background of both guys and then I'll give you my my personal take on things. Okay, so John Jones, we're talking about the youngest ever champion. Uh, did I say that? Is that? Did that make sense? Like the, 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 the fighter that is the youngest in the entire UFC roster who was awarded a UFC championship belt. That man is John Jones. Okay, it, it made more sense when I put it that way. Anyways, um, so John Jones is that person, and he initially made that accomplishment in the light heavyweight division. When he was 23, he became the, the world champion. A lot of people were like, oh, my goodness, you know, he is, uh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's the greatest of all time. And he was proving that to the fans with every single fight that he was having. Now, in the meantime, John Jones, you know, as good as he was inside the octagon, not so good outside the octagon. He ran into a lot of trouble uh, legally. And uh, he, I believe, even served time in prison for some of the crimes that he committed. Uh, as you may know, he was involved with a hit and run uh, situation of a pregnant uh, lady, and he was also involved in drug possession, drug use. Um, so, yeah, I think he did serve time. And then when he got out, he he was just going through a lot of different things, um, just personally, which I think is kind of beyond the scope of this current episode to, to talk about. Nonetheless, you know, he was fighting and then also going through all those things. And because of those things, he had to take a lot of time off from his fighting career. So it, he would be like in and out, in and out. And because of this, I think that very much hurt his performance. So I feel like, okay, this is my personal opinion. When people think about John Jones, they think about the early days of John Jones. And they don't really think about the most recent fights that we have had from John Jones. Because I'll tell you this, it is, he, he is not the same fighter. Um, you know, you can argue that, oh, you know, he was younger before, so he performed so much better. But to me, I feel like it's not a matter of age. It's a matter of all the layoffs that he has had and he hasn't been able to properly put most of his focus into training. That's why his performance has suffered a lot. And yes, it's not to the extent that he has sent, he has yet to lose a fight professionally, right? But I think that he was very close to, to getting to that point. And there's so many uh, scenarios that I can name right now from the top of my head that uh, exactly depicted that. The most recent fight that John had in the light heavyweight division in 2020, actually February 2020, three years ago, against Dominic Reyes. <clears throat> Excuse me. This was a fight that a lot of people argued that Dominic Reyes should have won. And I would challenge you guys. Actually, this is the perfect time to be re-watching this fight that he had against uh, Dominic Reyes. I challenge you guys to go back and watch this fight and tell me if you really genuinely saw John Jones winning that fight through unanimous decision, okay? And be honest with yourself, with your heart, you know, with the MMA universe, because uh, 
not I'm not it's not just me saying it. A lot of people saw it as Dominic Dominic Reyes undisputedly won that fight. But again, here we are talking about the legend John Jones, you know, the guy who, you know, when 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 you when you become the youngest champion in the whole uh organization, it it almost it, it's, excuse me, it almost gives you that Mike Tyson aura that unique aura that that aura that you're so one of a kind you're one in a million right so imagine hearing that when you're 23 years old and of course you you're gonna feel your ego coming out a lot more and it being more inflated and so um i think actually that's another thing that is contributing to him to john jones um you know, not really flourishing as much as he should at this point. I feel like his ego is way up and uh, his performance has suffered because of all the times that he's been un- unable to focus on his um, training prior-, prior to fights and to pay more attention to his fighting career as opposed to going out to party and do drugs. I mean, no judgment here. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to say it to make him feel bad or anything. If he were ever listening to this episode of TKO, but um, you know, I'm just laying out the facts. I'm not really making anything up and using these facts. I'm just formulating my opinions and letting you guys know about it because I really do think that this fight does not make sense between John Jones and Sorrell Gone. So John Jones, like I said to you guys, uh, his last fight was three years ago. Sorrell Gone, though, his last fight was September 2022. So a little over five months ago, and he fought against a badass heavyweight, Taito Ivasa. Before that, January 2022, he had a title shot fight, fight against uh, Francis Ngannou. So, uh, Sorrell gone, as you can see, has been so much more active. John Jones has not. <laughs> and also, John Jones had to move up the weight division because he realized that for whatever reason, either that he had gone through most people in the light heavyweight division or he just wanted to gain weight and explore more options and challenges at heavyweight. Either way, he moved up to, uh, to the heavyweight division. And for the past three years, he has been just working out to put on weight but not just you know fat weight he wanted to put on muscle weight three years is a long time uh i mean it's good because he took his time to do it and uh i mean there was no rush it wasn't like the ufc was like oh john jones like you know you're running out of time uh so nobody really pressured him to do a fight anytime soon I feel like it was mainly instigated when Francis Ngannou, like thoughts about John Jones fighting again being instigated. When Francis Ngannou was set to leave to leave the UFC and therefore relinquish the heavyweight title, so now that the title is vacant, they're thinking, okay, great, what better opportunity to introduce John Jones to this heavyweight division? Because God forbid if uh, he were to fight off against a regular fighter in the heavyweight division that's so like you know not worthy of john jones or something which is absolutely nuts to me because uh you know in my opinion like i mentioned john jones is not the best version of himself and therefore why should why should there be special treatment of any fighter what makes one fighter 
more uh, special <laughs> compared to another fighter. People don't pick and choose who they fight. They're just matched up against one another and they fight their fight. And they don't even like complain when they don't get title shots. There's, as you can see, there's, you know, differential treatment of fighters in the UFC, which is, it makes no sense to me. Goodness, I was going to say more stuff about this, but um, mm, we're almost out of time. I wish I could do two episodes on this. Um... So I can get more into detail into why, well, actually, why you should be watching this fight, okay? Because it is interesting. But the key key is that it is interesting in different aspects. Interesting in the in the way that why on earth is this fight happening makes no sense. But also interesting because oh my goodness, it's John Jones and Cyril Gunn. If anybody has potential to become the heavyweight champion right now, it's Cyril Gunn. Anybody who is deserving of you know, fighting for the heavyweight belt once again, it is Cyril Gunn. This man fought his way up through the rankings. He earned his spot in the heavyweight division. Either way, okay, you know what? I, I just don't want to get, like, hate messages the next day from, like, John Jones fans on TKO's account. So I'm just going to leave it there. But y'all already know this upcoming Saturday, UFC 285 main card starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm just looking at the clock right now. That is all the time we're going to be having for this week, y'all. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. You can also go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts to download our episodes. And until next time, it's your girl Jonan right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Just hit